Hello, and welcome to the All Saints Podcast. We'll be coming to you weekly, and we'll start off by bringing you the sermon from the 10 a.m. service on Sunday mornings. That way, if you're traveling, or you miss the service on Sunday morning for whatever reason, or even if you just want to listen to it again, you can have it delivered right to your mobile device. To subscribe to episodes so they arrive automatically, you can click the subscribe button in your podcast app on your phone, tablet, or laptop. And now, the 10 a.m. sermon from February 23rd, 2020, with the Reverend Matthew Kozlowski. I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Before I begin my sermon, I'd like to introduce and honor a special guest that we have with us this morning. Pastor Deo has come to us all the way from Kilgali in Rwanda. And he has been one of our longtime mission partners for, yes, right up there. <laughs> of course, since the last time he has been here, he is now Bishop Deo. Um, Bishop Deo just spoke at our joint forum in the Great Hall. He will also be available at lunch, should you wish to speak with him and hear from him. Um, let's see, prison fellowship, reconciliation in Rwanda following the Rwandan genocide, um, feeding hundreds of children every week in your feeding ministry. Um, Bishop Deo, thank you so much for being with us. Um, as I said, All Saints has been a missionary partner with Bishop Deo and his ministry in Rwanda uh, for many, many years, and I would like to join with you all in honoring him and his ministry. I was in an Italian class with other students, 
and there was a young woman who sat next to me named Barbara. She and I had to do Italian conversations together. I later found out that her last name was Bush, and I thought to myself, Barbara Bush, that's kind of funny. Some years later, I saw her on television <laughs> with her sister Jenna, and her mom Laura, and her dad George, and they were about to move into the White House. I had known her, I had sat next to her, but I didn't understand the fullness of her identity. On the mountaintop, the disciples get the fullness of Jesus Christ, whom they have known for this short time. And if you look at your passage, if you pull out your scripture insert, I want to point to you two verses which highlight the fullness of Jesus Christ's identity that is revealed to them and revealed to us here on this last Sunday after Epiphany. The first verse that I'd like you to look at is verse 5, right in the middle of the passage, in the passage from Matthew. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son. First part of Jesus' identity, Son of God, firmly established in this passage. If you'll skip to the end, as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, this is the last verse, the last line, tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. Second piece of Jesus' identity in this passage, risen from the dead. And so the passage hinges on these two pieces of Jesus' identity that reveal his fullness, Son of God, risen from the dead. What is so important about these two aspects of his identity is that the Bible claims that this is stuff that actually happened. There is a happenedness to Jesus' identity, who he is, and what he actually did. This is why, when you get to the previous passage, 2 Peter, the author says, Peter says, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. What does that mean? Here's what it means. The Bible says that Christianity and the gospel is not simply a philosophy. It is based on the actual life, death, and resurrection of a real person who walked and talked and breathed and who went up a mountain and was established as the Son of God and who stretched out his arms upon the cross and was laid in a tomb and then on the third day was raised from that tomb, a bodily, literal resurrection. The Bible says this happened. And here we are, 2,000 years later, still begging the question, how does that fit in for each one of us? I was listening to a podcast an interview with a man named Brian Greene. Now, Brian Greene is a world-renowned physicist, brilliant guy. About 20 years ago, he wrote a book called The Elegant Universe. It was all about uh, space and Einstein's equations and string theory. Very impressive stuff. He's just written a new book about uh, the beginning of time and really the meaning of life. And at one point, he talks about religion. He was talking about this in the interview. 
And he said, you know, I am a reductionist. I believe that everything is controlled by atoms and particles and molecular combinations, and really what you see is what you get. But I can understand, he said, the power of religion, how it can provide some sort of psychological benefit for some people, how it can provide some social cohesion. And so I understand that the religious impulse has grown up over history, and that's sort of what religion is all about psychologically and socially. Well, that may be all well and good. And he does have a point when it comes to the overall religious impulse. But when it comes to Christianity, Dr. Green is slightly off in his analysis. Because Christianity and the claims of Christianity are not merely psychological and social. The claims of Christianity are historical. That is to say, Christianity is not a psychological and social argument. Christianity is a historical argument. Or if you'd like to sound smart, an historical argument. That is to say, the centerpiece of the Christian faith is the notion that there really was a man named Jesus, and he really was who he said he was. And he really did what he said he was going to do, which was rise from the dead. These are claims that must be dealt with. And if you think I'm up here being sort of uh, heavy-handed and judgmental, please don't misunderstand me. Many of us have contended with these claims in different ways. And over the course of a faith journey, I've been a Christian all my life, and I've thought different things about these claims of Jesus as the Son of God and Jesus as risen from the dead. But here's my point. The claims must be dealt with. Wherever you are on your faith journey, the claim of Jesus Christ as Son of God and Jesus Christ risen from the dead, that's a claim that must be dealt with. There was an author who once said, it is evidence that demands a verdict. So let me tell you about another scientist. His name is Francis Collins. Francis Collins is still the director of National Institutes of Health here in Washington, here in Bethesda. He, a uh, very important biologist and geneticist, he was part of the sequencing of the human genome. And he is still the director of National Institutes of Health. He uh, speaks and he's written about his own faith journey. And he said growing up, he didn't really disbelieve in God, but he certainly didn't believe in God. And in fact, he just never really considered religion at all. He thought of it as something of a crutch that other people use, and he never really even thought about God. Well, one day, later on in his life, he woke up and he realized, wait a minute, I am a scientist. My entire career, my entire way of looking at the world is based around analyzing and investigating evidence, and then making conclusions about how the world is. And here I am, having analyzed and investigated all sorts of scientific evidence, but I have never stopped to consider the evidence of Christianity, particularly the resurrection. And so for the next year or so, Dr. Collins read, read the New Testament, read books on Christianity, talked to people in the field, and then he found another book called Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. 
Some of you may have read this book. And Francis Collins read Mere Christianity cover to cover, and then he read it again, and then he read it again. And at the end of it, he concluded that the claims of Christianity and the claims of the resurrection of Jesus Christ were not only possible, but probable. Today, Francis Collins is still one of the leading scientists in the world and a dedicated and committed disciple of Jesus Christ. His faith is at the center of his life. And if you read C.S. Lewis, what you realize is that the claim of Jesus is either fundamentally important or somehow of no importance at all. What it can't be, says Dr. Lewis, is minimally important. What does that mean? Here's what it means. If Jesus Christ really was who he said he was and did what he said he did, then everything that he did would be reliable. That is to say, when Jesus says, I love you more than you love yourself, that is reliable. When Jesus says, I have died on the cross for your sins, Matthew, that is reliable. But if he is not the Son of God, and if he did not rise from the dead, then it begins to cast doubt, it begins to cast a shadow on all of the other elements of the Christian faith. Well, you say, Father Matthew, what about all those other elements? What about ethics and how are we to live? What about prayer? What about healing? What about spirituality? What about other aspects of theology? Where do those fit in? Well, I would say that those are aspects of the Christian faith, incredibly important aspects of the Christian faith, that proceed from the truth of Jesus' identity as Son of God and risen from the dead. Uh, it is as if uh, Jesus' identity is the fountain, and these other elements are the water that proceed and spout from the fountain. Or, I'll give you another analogy. This is one that Father Ed likes. Pretend that you have a Thanksgiving feast, and you have mashed potatoes, and peas, and stuffing, and gravy, and all of these wonderful side dishes. Uh, sweet potato pie, and apple pie for dessert, and you can see why Father Ed likes this analogy. <laughs> but what is at the center of the feast on Thanksgiving? The turkey. I'm told that even people who don't like turkey will make a turkey for Thanksgiving dinner. Even people who don't eat meat will make a turkey made out of tofu for Thanksgiving dinner. And they put it at the middle of the table, surrounded by all the beautiful and delicious accompaniments. Well, if you will, the center of Christian faith, the center of the feast, is Jesus' identity as Son of God and risen from the dead. And everything else, ethics and theology and prayer and healing and spirituality, those all surround and accompany the central message, the cornerstone of our faith. Who is Jesus and what did he do? These are the claims that we are confronted with. And if you put Jesus at the middle, Everything else begins to fall into place. There's an old story, a parable, of a wealthy landowner who, over the course of his life, had amassed a huge art collection. 
It was upon the death of this wealthy landowner that an auction was announced, and people throughout Europe came on the appointed day to the country estate to bid on these masterpiece portraits by old masters. The executor of the estate and the auctioneer stood before the gathered crowd, and she read from the proceedings of the will, which stated that the first item up for bid would be a portrait entitled, My Beloved Son. It was actually a picture of the landowner's son who had died in the war many years ago. And the auctioneer said, could I have 500 pounds for this painting? No answer. 200 pounds for my beloved son. Again, no bids. 100 pounds? Finally, a member of the household staff raised their hand and for sentimental reasons, really, purchased the painting for a small sum. At which point, the auctioneer banged her gavel and announced that the auction was now closed. And then she proceeded to read from the rest of the will, which clearly stated that whoever should purchase the painting, my beloved son, would immediately inherit the entire collection. Whoever buys the sun gets everything. If you look back at the gospel passage that we are presented with today, you see that the disciples in the midst of this glorious transfiguration fall to the ground in fear. And when the cloud goes away, they look up and the voice is gone, Moses is gone, Elijah is gone, the cloud is gone, and they lifted their eyes, and they saw no one but Jesus only. My brothers and sisters, wherever you are on your journey of faith, you might be on the mountaintop. You might be walking through the valley. You might feel like you are face down in a sort of terror, surrounded by a cloud of unknowing. Jesus is ready to touch you, beckon you, stand up, and walk down the mountain into the valley together. His identity, Son of God, risen from the dead, is at the centerpiece of the Christian faith. Start with that. If you don't know where to go, if you don't know how this Christianity faith fits into your life, where you are right now, if you feel stuck in your faith, start with Jesus, who he is, what he has done. He is the center of the feast. And whoever buys the sun gets everything. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the All Saints podcast. I hope you'll download future episodes. You can subscribe and have the episode delivered automatically each week by going to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and clicking subscribe. 
I hope you have a great week. God bless.